Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We are overflowing today with coaches saying crazy things, players eating too much, an owner who reminds me of me, and baseball, I have no earthly idea what they're doing. All that and more, let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Uh, the place to start is my favorite place to start. Kimberly Martin sticks around after get up this morning in our studio to offer the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Hello again, Kmart. Hello, hello. And you are getting set to travel to Minnesota today. I am. Suitcases in the green room. Okay. And, and so I want to actually start there because I find this game Thursday, I find both of these teams very interesting. Mm-hmm. The Steelers for a variety of obvious reasons. Yes. Um, and I liked what you were telling us, for those who didn't see the TV show this morning, about what you're hearing from them this week, about what they hope that extraordinary win and what was clearly the game of the weekend, what that win will wind up meaning to them. The Steelers are hoping that's the springboard that, that propels them to the playoffs. We've talked ad nauseum about this division being wide open. But beating the Ravens, a game hanging on, and they almost lost true. But the momentum, that's what they want to bring into Minnesota. And this is a Minnesota team that just lost to the Lions. This is a Minnesota team that literally some guys right now are still ticked off about that loss because they know they let that get away. They know that they were trailing. Um, And were beat by a team that hadn't hadn't won anything yet. Um, So the Steelers see this as, you know, we know this is going to be Ben's last hurrah. We know that this is a team that Tomlin has never had a losing season. We know that this, like, last dance in a way that we used to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Sure. This is what they want to do. Do they have the horses? Do they have the offense? Can Ben hold it together to do that? We're going to see. Yeah. I, I find them interesting. I find the Minnesota piece of this interesting, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to ask this, but like, we, I had Rex Ryan on here, mm-hmm. and you know Rex. Mm-hmm. No one knows more about defensive football, maybe ever, yeah. than Rex Ryan. And I asked him, what was the coverage on the touchdown that beats them at the end of the game. It looked like they were allowing a touchdown mm-hmm. on a play where that was the only way they could lose the game to Amon Ross St. Brown. And Rex couldn't identify it. Ryan no. Clark couldn't identify it. And he can't identify it. What, have you, what the hell were they doing on that play? Do, I do not know. Um, and that's part of, part of the frustrations in Minnesota. You know, I talked to Justin Jefferson yesterday, and I talked to Sheldon Richardson, former Jets draft yeah, pick yesterday. Sure. Um, you know, the, there is frustration in the building from the standpoint of this is a team that's confident, but they're like there are so many games that are, are one score, a couple points that they just they've blown. And, and even Justin Jefferson and Sheldon were like, you know, our record would look so much different if we just didn't have some of these miscues, which is obviously any team can say that. But when you look at this roster, this was a team, obviously Green Bay is the cream of the crop in their division, but the Vikings, you expect them to at least be competitive. And, and they still have a shot. I mean, that's the, that's the great frustrating thing about the NFL right now. Every team, aside from like, you know, the Patriots or the Packers, like there's so many teams muddled in that in-between space. So 
um, the Vikings still have a shot, even though it seems unlikely. They have a positive point differential. They've scored more points yes. this year than they've allowed. Yes. They have given away more games than any team yes. in the NFL this season. But I, that, that, that made me give up on them. That game, I mm-hmm. now have given up on Minnesota turning it around. Because if you don't find a way to win that game mm-hmm. against that team, and again, yeah. I love Detroit. I love that coach. I love everything that they are doing. But mm-hmm. th- that, the coverage on that last play, mm-hmm. for them to allow that touchdown that way, was one of the worst things I've seen a team do in the NFL this year. I'm Greeny. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Uh, The Sunday night game is the Bears and Packers at Lambeau. The last time these teams played each other, Aaron Rodgers was letting the Chicago fans know he owns them. (laughs) I think the Packers have a lot going for them. They have an, an incredibly easy schedule the rest of the way. They have this late bye, which I think is a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. They just had their bye week. That's, a, yep. I think, a huge edge. Yep. Rodgers is playing out of his mind. They're mm-hmm. getting healthy. They're getting people back. I think the Packers are about to have a huge, and Rodgers, a huge last month. And they have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Guys, yeah. He's going to have a huge month, I think. I 100%. Normally, I, I roll my eyes when you say things, Danny, but <laughs> yeah. this time, no. I 100% agree. Um, and I think Aaron is bringing up this toe. Don't get me wrong. I understand his toe is broken, all that stuff, but... The way he talks about this toe, it's like uh, with Pat McAfee, like, guys, you know, I have really had to focus on, like, this toe really is bothering me, guys. I just don't feel 100% with this toe. And then he goes out and he balls out. And it's like, okay, Aaron, okay, we get it. Um, he is human. But when he's on the field, um, I said it on Get Up. He is the magic elixir. He is the thing that makes you feel anything is possible. And despite all of the craziness offseason drama with this team – for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to be here in December when games matter most and you still feel like, yeah, there's no friction, it's good. Like, this, like he could literally win a Super Bowl in what we assume will be his last year. Yeah, I, well, that's an interesting one. Um, will it still be? In fact, let's yeah. make this Straight Talk yeah. brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. This team and this player have gone through two enormous news cycles mm-hmm. worth of I'm, I'm going to use the word distraction in air right. quotes. I mean, it's a, the thing that with the vaccination is is more than that. But <laughs> yes. but within the yes. football context of it, he goes through an entire off season where the number one topic everywhere is mm-hmm. his future, and he clearly contributes to that. Then during the season, he becomes the focal point of maybe the most divisive issue in American society, and yet here he sits and they sit. About as pretty as you could be. It is really amazing when you think about it. It, it, I just think back to all the get-up shows we did in the Mm offseason, talking about how did Green Bay fumble this? How do you you, uh, damage a relationship with a guy this good when so many teams need a quarterback? And he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. It is remarkable. That we are here. It really is because they control their destiny. You know, we talk about the, all those teams sort of muddled in the middle and we don't know who's going to win what division. Um, you don't have any doubts about the Packers. Yeah, they've got injuries. They, they have things that they have to over, overcome um, and deal with or contend with, I should say. But between that defense, between Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon, like it, to me the defense really is the great thing about the Packers story because it used to be all Aaron. Um, and now we're seeing they've got they got some playmakers on the other side. Yeah, the two places that we thought it was just the quarterback, yep. suddenly the defenses are yep. playing well. The Packers and the Chiefs 
with Patrick Mahomes and all of that, and that makes them, I think, dangerous in the AFC. Greeny and Kmart with us here. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. And, and while you are now a television star of unlimited uh, magnitude, you are still <laughs> at heart. And one of the things I like most about you is that at heart, you're still a writer. You're still oh, yes. a columnist. Mm-hmm. And as that... What is it you told me that you are more than anything hoping to see as the season ends? Oh, greeny, greeny, greeny. Okay. I am dying to see a Patriots-Bucks Super Bowl because that is the final chapter. We debated it. Oh, Brady won a Super Bowl without Bill. Clearly, Brady's the best. Mm -hmm. And now Belichick has taken, taken a rookie quarterback this first time ever taking him this this high has it started with Cam Newton decided to say oh, we're done with Cam it's the Mac Jones show and then to still to have a team to go out and spend so much money to have a team that's that's not just competitive but like like blow, like that Buffalo game man that that clinched it for me from the standpoint of why would anybody doubt Bill Belichick this man literally said to the Bills. We are going to run it down your throat. And they did. And we are going to come out of the gale force winds with a W. And they did. And, and for Buffalo not to have any answers, like that to me was just the perfect game that, that demonstrates how good a coach Bill Belichick is. Absolutely. And, and you know, you covered uh, the Bills. How long were you? You were a columnist in Buffalo somewhat briefly, okay. right? Very briefly because the Washington Post called and, and said, let, let us bring you down to D.C. But um, I was there. I left the Jets beat to be a columnist in Buffalo um, 2017. So like the summer, fall of 2017. So just uh, a short period of time. Right, yeah. You had you had like a Bill Belichick with the Jets-esque Ooh. kind of a yes, little brief run. Yes, but I did not. I did not. Me and the Buffalo News are still very good. I still love the people of Buffalo um, and they love me. I did not. So is write- Belichick completely in their head right now? Uh, yeah. Based on what I saw Sean McDermott say post game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not the Sean McDermott that I covered. Um, and, and the saltiness of it was surprising because you got beat. He out-coached you, own it. Um, he does deserve credit for that. Um, so it doesn't matter what stat sheet, oh, we control time of possession or we control the field. Uh, you, got the, you got the L. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really the only stat that matters, guys. And I covered the, the Bills at the Chiefs, I don't know, early in the season, Sunday night football. The Bills won that game. And I remember asking Josh Allen and the presser, you know, you guys seem really chill about this win. The Buffalo team I covered actually would have felt like this was a Super Bowl. Like, we have shown that we've arrived. And he, at first I was sort of like, he's, a, he's being a little, like, you know, attitude a little bit because he was like, we don't, this, we got bigger things than just this game. And I talked to him after the presser and I said, I didn't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying, as somebody who used to cover this team, this feels completely different. And he was like, I got you. Like, but we have our sights are set much higher. And I thought, Buffalo's got it. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. And since that win, they've been win-loss, win-loss, up and down. And what used to work is not working, and they haven't been able to close out games. I'm with you. I, I felt the same way. Like, that, that game and that approach, which was, you know, they didn't make as big a deal of yes. winning that game as we all right. made of it should have signaled the beginning yes. of something, but it has been the opposite in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And we will see. All right, I have to let you go. You're off to Minnesota. Safe travels. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you. Greg. With your coverage of, uh, of again, a very interesting Thursday night game for us with the Steelers 
and the Vikings. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Coming up next, a coach said something I still cannot believe. He must be eviscerated for it, and we will. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? So this feature, I'm sorry, what, was initially conceived um, for the times when people would say something that caused us in response to say, well, I'm sorry, what? And I can't think of a better example of it than what Sean McDermott said after the game on Monday night, he's the coach of the Bills. And I didn't have it yesterday because I hadn't seen it. I, I didn't know he said this. But you can't get any more outcoached than the Bills got on Monday night. You look up outcoached in the dictionary, and it would be like the box score of that game. <laughs> Bill Belichick beat them without throwing a pass. He threw three passes in the game. They dominated in the, in the weather. They, took, they, did, they won a game they had no otherwise any business winning based upon the coaching. And after the game, Sean McDermott is asked about Belichick. And listen to what he said. Let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was, um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field position at the 40-yard line and he starts with the 23-yard line, and I'm rounding up in both cases. And we were 1 for 4 in the red zone, and they were 0 for 1 in the red zone. You give me that ahead of time, I'm saying I like my chances. I like my chances. What the hell is he talking about? Someone help me with this. Nuno, Bubba, anybody. It sounds to me like he's saying everything, everything in the way the game played out should have favored me. But the other guy beat me. But I'm not giving him credit. Like, what the hell is he? I don't, I, I, I don't know how to respond to what he's saying because I don't understand the point that he's trying to make. Nuno, do you? I do not. As someone who will never give anyone credit, I do not understand what he is saying. What, what, like, we had better field position than them. We were in the red zone more. They stopped you in the red zone. The only time you scored a touchdown in this game was when they muffed a punt off the, that grazed the face mask of Nikhil Harry in a windstorm. And those are the only, tu- that's the only touchdown you had on the entire night. And what were you telling me yesterday, Hembo, about the number of air yards on their throws? Oh, Josh Allen in that game averaged 10.5 air yards per attempt, meaning his average pass traveled 10.5 yards beyond the line of scrimmage in a in practically in like a in a driving wind in a rainstorm. And to be clear, that's a very high number, right? Yes, Mac Jones threw the ball three times for a total 
of 15 air yards. It was, it was higher than Josh Allen's season average. <laughs> so, so Sean McDermott acted like the weather wasn't a factor. Right. <laughs> and Bill Belichick said, I'll see that and I'll raise you not being an idiot. And I will coach this game based upon these circumstances. So uh, why Sean is saying, let's not give Bill the credit. I just don't get it. Bubba, do you understand it? Like, I don't under, I I want to criticize him for saying it. And I suppose I am, but I really don't, I'm not even sure I understand what point he thinks he's making. No, I certainly don't understand what he's talking about. I think he went to the uh, Joe Judge school of uh, our team was doing great and uh, everyone else was not. All right, right, relax there. All right, Joe Judge, uh, he's caught enough strays. I think actually... Sean McDermott is not making the the point he think he thinks he is. Like he's calling himself out for being an idiot for losing that game. Like, oh, you know, we had great field position, but we didn't do anything with it. Right. Like, so Sean, that's on you, buddy. Like, <laughs> just shut up. Again, right. shut up. Like what he's saying is, we had good field position, we failed in, and we didn't take advantage of it. We had red zone opportunities, we failed in them. Like, those are all the areas on the little margins where coaching makes all the difference in the world. So unless his point was, and he never actually got this word out, let's not give too much credit to Bill Belichick. I screwed this up, which maybe is what he's trying to say there, and those words just didn't come out. Um, I'm I'm really not sure what he's trying to say. Is he trying to say give credit to their players because they pounded mine into oblivion? One way or another, has any team ever had any other team more right where they want them than the Patriots have the Bills now? Those teams play again, a critical game in Foxborough the day after Christmas, and I have to feel like the Patriots own space. They're not renting space. They own space. Lease-free, mortgage-free in the heads of the Bills, yes? Yeah, McDermott's reaction was that of a jealous man. Green, like, Green, if there's someone in the industry that you just know is better than you and you don't like them that much and they're being complimented and you're asked about you know, whatever a good thing it is they're doing, that's like my default. Like if someone, if someone you know, says something nice about someone who I don't like that much and does my job better than I do, I react the way that Sean McDermott just did. That's how I would react. Perhaps. I mean, th- that is what it is. One way or another, they ask Bill. I, I love the soundbite from Bill, meanwhile. So they ask Bill... On the Greg Hill show, I believe that's W E E I. They ask him, um, you know, can what can you use from this game that will be relevant when you play them again in a few weeks? Because again, this game was so such an outlier based on the weather. Here's what Belichick said. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last night. We can we can use our whole passing game. Um, all all the pass plays that we have, they haven't seen, so <laughs> we can use all of them next time we play them. That game plan has already been made. They're all laughing. I mean, because it's funny. Like, we're, McDermott is over there going, well, let's not give Bill too much credit. And Bill is like, <laughs> I haven't even shown him what I want to do yet. Like, I beat him not doing anything I wanted to do. I, I, I think that that was as one-sided a little, forget about the game itself. The game was decided by the weather more than anything. I, I hate those games. I don't hate watching them. I don't, let's put it this way. When there's a, a weather game in the playoffs, Sometimes I don't like it because I feel like this is no longer about which is the better team. It's about which team handles the conditions better. And that's what that night was. The Patriots handled the conditions a million times better than the Bills, and that's why they won. Um, I don't know if they're better than them. When they play each other again under normal circumstances, we'll see. But, boy, the post-game piece of this, the Patriots just dominate. Oh, yeah. Right? I I talked to Rob Ninkovich about this on the phone yesterday because I produced him for Get Up today. And he effectively told me, like, this is 
so humiliating as a defender because Buffalo just lost the game in which the opponent said, we're going to throw you a fastball on every single pitch. They're not even shaking off. They're not even mixing in, mixing in anything else. Mm-hmm. And, coming, and obviously coming from Rob Nikovich, you, you know, had 50 sacks playing for Bill Belichick. That really says something. I, I'm with you. I think that's a really good point. Uh, for more Brady, Bill, etc., you can listen to the Man in the Arena podcast. It's a 10-part series exploring how sports impacts our lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career. It's brought to you by ZipRecruiter, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. One more I wanted to play. Just there's something about Jerry Jones. I have to confess. I love. I have met him. Mike and I were in Dallas. I forget what year it was. A long time ago. And he had us out to the facility and let us do an interview with him, you know, in in the facility. And um, he, he, he is a very charming person. And so I like him. And he he does his radio appearance every week. And I think we just have to sit back and bask in the idea that this is the owner of an NFL team going on a radio show talking about the adjustments that the football team needs to make. We have adjustments, but not dramatic adjustments to make. It's a, we're just, a, you could call it being on a side of a rifle. You're just a fraction of being where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, that can be combinations of personnel, or that can be what we're asking them to do. Uh, but... Most of the time, this is this is fine tuning. Uh, dramatic would be way off base uh, changes on either side of the ball, or uh, frankly, on uh, anything you're trying to do to uh, to uh, improve. So every once in a while, you have to just sit back and 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 acknowledge that things we take for granted are actually hilarious. This is the owner of an NFL team going on the air and talking about the adjustments the team does and does not need to make. Imagine Robert Kraft doing that. Imagine any other owner in any other sport doing it. Like George Steinbrenner didn't do that. He just fired people. But he didn't go on there and say, you know, we really need to hit and run more. You know, guy. I mean, I don't know why we're not moving the runner over from, from first base here. Bucky Dent lay down a bunt for the love of Christmas. Like George Steinbrenner didn't do that. So, so I just you have to sit back and acknowledge that it's funny, and I'll tell you why. Because admit it, down deep inside, how much would you love to own a team and be that? Like, that would be so great. I remember years ago, the Green Bay Packers had one of their stock sales, offerings, whatever you call that, like one of those periods where people could buy stock. You know that the Packers are publicly owned. And they had one of those, and so they came on Mike and Mike to promote it. I forget who came on, the president of the team. Doesn't matter. The point is, I ask the question every fan has. How much do I have to buy in order to be able to call plays? That's what I want to do. How much do I have to buy to be able to make trades? Like, how much fun would it be to be Jerry Jones? Uh, Who's got it better than that? You own the Dallas Cowboys, and not only are you the owner, but you actually, like, you go on the radio and talk about the adjustments, and no one can do anything about it. <laughs> like, Mike McCarthy can't call him up and be like, uh, Jerry, you know, it's really not working. Uh, it's not benefiting us for you to be talking about the adjustments on, on the side of a rifle. Uh, and, is that an expression, I've never way? heard it in my life. Me neither. Is that, Bubba, is that a thing? Like, can we, what did he say, the edge of a rifle? The side or the, of a rifle. Ask Brian Kelly, he'd know. Brian Kelly the seems side like of a, a raffle. Don't you feel like Brian Kelly, he, he now he, would know. He's been using it for days now. <laughs> 
Brian, yeah. Brian Kelly. I'd like to hear Brian Kelly. You know, our, our recruiting has been like on the side of a rifle. <laughs> what? What? Do you, Bubba, is that an expression? Because that oh, something. Oh yeah, it goes way back. Yeah, Does absolutely. it go back? Yeah, absolutely. Since uh, 1842. You know, our camera operator Jonathan was telling me what flash in the pan means, which I didn't even know prior to this. But but. Um, um, Ninko used the term flash in a pan mm-hmm. today, but he talked about like literally flashing a steak in a pan. Turns out it has something to do with a musket and it not firing and it flashes and all sorts. Hmm. Who, I, I, I like the history of all of these expressions. But anyway, the one thing I will say is any part of me that wants to criticize Jerry Jones has to at least for a moment step back and say, if I were in his shoes, I think I would be the same way. Oh, yeah. I mean, his, his fantasy football team is the Dallas Cowboys. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, we all do this That's for right. fun on the weekends. He owns the team. That's Another exactly right. I'm sitting there team. on my fantasy team going, is Darren Waller going to play this week? Because otherwise I've got to play. Who is the, the tight end in Arizona who came from Philly? Uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, I've got him as my backup tight end right now. And, and Jerry Jones is like, we on the side of a rifle. <laughs> is he like a- in with like the running backs coach during the week, like drawing stuff up? I he think d- he's in all the I want to know. I think he is. Think Who's he, telling him not to be in the meeting? No one's telling him not to, but he think he's electing to be in like the position group meetings, like like dialing up stuff and scheming stuff. I like it. At one way or oh, another, sure. I think it is fun. I, let, let he who would be without sin in that circumstance <laughs> cast the first stone. I'm not going to do it. All right, next. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active, active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right, listen. College football programs around the country don't need advice from me. But they're going to get it. And here is my word of caution. College football programs around the country need to look at Michigan and be a little careful about how quickly they fire their coaches. A year ago today, Jim Harbaugh was fired. He was out of town. They were running him out on a rail. Everybody was ready to give up on him. How's that look now? Look at the firings that have happened in college football just recently. Well, they fire the guy in Florida. How many months removed from Dan Mullen getting a contract extension? Five was months. That? Five, Five months. months. Yeah. In June, Dan Mullen got a contract extension. He was fired, what, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Insane. It's insane. Insane. Why, why is that happening exactly? Why are college programs now? Well, let me ask Bubba. Bubba has a particular expertise in this. Mm. I want to make sure everyone is aware of this. Before Bubba uh, turned his uh, attention and all of his um, insight into this uh, tremendous career now in radio production. Bubba was actually a university president um, in a couple of different stops and, and worked both in Division Three and Division One programs. So you have an understanding of it, an understanding of sometimes the little bit of patience that is required. And I'm not even talking. I mean, Florida was in the SEC championship game a year ago. Sure. And they fired their coach during the season. A season in which they nearly beat Bama. They were this close to beating Alabama, who's now the number one team in the country. (laughs) And Michigan holds on to Harbaugh. And they're in the playoff now. They just they just steamrolled Ohio State and Wisconsin. And, excuse me, and and Iowa in consecutive weeks, and they could win the national championship. So, Bubba, how do you again with your wealth of understanding of this in your background? How do you explain the sudden impatience in college football? Well, yeah, I would always preach patience when I used to be a president, and and we and it worked, and we had ma- we won many Division three titles, and then Division two when I moved up, and we were just winning left mm-hmm. and right because we we were patient. I think the issue, honestly, is these presidents look at these unicorns, meaning Saban and honestly Urban Meyer, who were basically not human, and they just are unbelievable. They come right in and turn it around, and they just expect all these other people to do exactly what they're doing. 
not everyone can do what Saban and Urban Meyer are doing. And it seems like Ryan Day is doing pretty well, but still, he has not done what Urban Meyer's done. And they expect, oh, they haven't done it. Get rid of him. Get rid of someone else. No one, you got to give these coaches time. No one else is Saban and Urban Meyer, but they treat them like they are. And if they're not, they get rid of them after three years. I think you're, you have actually made an excellent point. And that is that Saban, I think, has. I'm going to use the wrong word. I'm not even going to use that. I was going to say corrupted the system. That's not what I mean at all. He has upended the system. Okay. So you can be very rich and not be Jeff Bezos. You can be a great coach. You can certainly be a very good coach and not be Nick Saban. No one is Nick Saban. Mm. No one has ever been Nick Saban. What Nick Saban has done and is doing at Alabama is without precedent. Go back over the history of college football to the greatest coaches, whoever you want to list them as being. None of them have done what he's done. And so if every university president is looking at this and saying, well, if my guy isn't doing what that guy is doing, I'm going to get rid of him and try and find someone who is. At some point, you are just spinning your wheels. And I think that's what is happening. I think mean, that's actually a very good point. I think it's definitely a good point because the problem at Michigan was not Jim Harbaugh. It was Michigan. Jim Harbaugh took Stanford from 1-11 to 12-1 within four years. And Jim Harbaugh owns the best record by any NFL head coach to debut since the 1970 merger. It takes a really, really, really long time to build an empire. And at Michigan, in the Hoke tenure and the Rich Rod tenure, they went 46-42. and 42. They were in really, really bad shape. It took a full period of time for him to build it, and Michigan deserves a lot of credit for sticking with him. That's exactly right. Harbaugh made them much better than they had been. Not as good as Ohio State. See, there's another one. Right. To some degree, mm. the Michigan fans and, and, and the media at large and the public at large were expecting Harbaugh to, to, to do what Urban Meyer did. And the reality is Urban Meyer has the highest winning percentage of any college coach to debut after World War II. So that's another unicorn. I mean, Bubba said it. That's why Bubba is such a learned man. Brilliant. Bubba said it exactly right. That's the point. So that's, that's what they did with Harbaugh was, and maybe almost because they didn't have any choice. If you're going to get rid of Harbaugh, where are you going to go? Right. They had one terrible season during the pandemic, which is almost a throwawayable season. I mean, who knows what the heck was going on in all of that, but it was really bad, obviously. And it felt there were some people who wanted it to be the final nail in the coffin of Jim Harbaugh. Instead, they stick with it and look at him now. It's an interesting little study in the way this stuff works. Coming up next, a major red flag about a player I absolutely love. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I was watching uh, last night, Dallas and the Nets played a good game and the Mavericks had a big lead and, and in the end the Nets wound up coming back and winning. KD was good, Harden was good. Luka Doncic was a little up and down coming back from an ankle, but I saw something because, you know, the eye will tell you Luka doesn't look, like he's in great shape. And then I read the story and I realized, yeah, we're not kidding. 
Maverick superstar Luka Doncic acknowledged his conditioning has got to be better. I know I've got to do better. You know, I had a long summer. I think I relaxed a little bit. Uh, not taking care, but, you know, I got to be better. Reggie Miller was talking about it on TNT last night, how he appeared to be plodding up and down the court and has got to trim down. Sources told ESPN that Doncic reported a training camp weighing more than 260 pounds for the second consecutive year. His listed weight is 230. This after a summer in which he played in the Olympics. He said, I had a long summer. He joined the Slovenian national team's training camp just days after Dallas was eliminated from the playoffs. They finished fourth in their first ever Olympics as a country. He said, I had the Olympics. I took three weeks off and relaxed a little bit, maybe too much. I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot. I don't even want to make this into a joke. I don't have a lot of sympathy for athletes who are not in shape. Like, that's not okay. Like, that, that, that would be like me saying, you know, I really need to do a better job of reading the notes. Like, I come in in the morning and, um, you know, I, I really need to do a better job of, of watching sports. You know, like I've got the show here and I know I wasn't really good today, but that's because I just, you know, on Sunday, I just felt like taking it easy. So I did Pilates and and then Stace and I had a little boozy brunch and I thought to myself, you know, the football games are on, but I don't, I don't feel like it. So I'm just not going to watch any of them and I'll just go in tomorrow and do the show and I could do the show. Okay. The God's honest truth is, as, as with all the experience I have, I could do the show. Okay. If I had to, but I wouldn't be at my best at all. And they're paying me to be at my best. And so that's kind of what I would say to Luca here. How do you show up 30 pounds overweight? Can I ask a question? Yeah. You said he took three weeks off. Yeah. How much, how much weight can one put on in three weeks? Apparently 30 pounds. <laughs> that's a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, what was he eating? He is naturally, he, he, he does look like a person who's sort of naturally inclined to be bigger. He's bigger boned. He's, I, I don't know, what's the appropriate expression for that kind of a thick person. Um, so I, I think there were some people who, like, I could eat. From now until next Tuesday, and I would not gain weight. I just, I couldn't gain weight if I tried to. When I was young, it upset me. I was so skinny, I wanted to gain weight. Some people, their metabolism, I don't know what it is. For whatever reason, he has a propensity to go in that direction. And, and I've said the same thing. It's about being in shape. You know, this is not about shaming anyone. It's about you're a professional athlete. Your job is to be at your physical best. And if we're whatever we are into the season already, and you're plodding up and down the court because you didn't show up in shape, that's a problem. And we can measure this, too. Uh, Second Spectrum, uh, a stat service that we use, actually tracks player movement when they're on the floor at all times. And Luca's slower now than he's ever been. And it's also showing up in his regular statistics. He's having the worst season he's had since he was a rookie. And like you said, he's still really, really good. He's so gifted. I mean, probably... If, if Luka hits his ceiling in his career, he's like a top five or top ten offensive player ever. Right. I don't think that's hyperbole. So he can fake it, but you're right. There's, he's not close to being as good as, as he should be, and it's in large part because of his conditioning. All right, this is Greeny, all guests on the Goodyear hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Meanwhile, Nuno, hang on to your seat because I'm going to play this. So I, I do countdown, as, as I hope you know now, and I've got Stephen A. on there with me on Friday night, as always. And we had the story about Neil Olshay, the president of the Trailblazers, being fired after a a lengthy investigation. And I got Woj on there. And Woj is talking about the decisions that franchise has coming up. Are they going to pay Damian Lillard all the money in the world? Or are they going to move him 
And I asked Stephen A. about it, and he said, and he has said this to me before, on and off the air, there's only one place Damian Lillard would want to go. The only thing that would really, really tickle him and make him entertain wanting to leave Portland, believe it or not, is going to the New York Knicks. Hmm. There are people in his camp that would like to convince him to give Philadelphia stronger consideration. But when he thinks about the New York Knicks, he thinks about going to the top market in the country, thinks about, obviously, marketability. He might might be thinking about that, but his team might be thinking about that. So that was Stephen A. with me on on Countdown on Friday. So I I feel like I can juxtapose Nuno, the Nick fan, and Hembo, the Sixer fan here. The big difference is Hembo can trade them Ben Simmons. They have something Portland, in theory, would love. Nuno, what are you offering? What can you entice Portland with for Damian Lillard? See, here's the thing, though. They can trade him, but we know Ben's not going to be happy in Portland without Damian Lillard, so then they're going to have to deal with him. Where the hell is he going to be happy? I mean, where is he going to be happy? He wants to be happy in L.A., right, or something of that nature. You can give him them enough to rebuild, but they're going to have to blow everything up. So it's going to have to be picks. It's going to have to be someone like R.J. Barrett, who you hope gets his, you know, gets it together like he like he had last night, and Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin. Like you're going to just have to take a lot of young players that you hope one of them develops, versus taking a malcontent like Ben Simmons. That that's the question. If you're Portland, are you willing to take that collection of? good young players or someone like Ben Simmons who if you unlock if you find the key could wind up being great I want to talk more about this up against the end of the hour we have lots left to do stay with us on ESPN Radio thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast